Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 5, Episode 5 of Charmed. Witches in Tights. Okay, so kids, you might not remember this, but way, way back in the pre-Marvel days... Superhero movies used to be bad. Yes, superhero movies used to be bad. Not everyone had read Save the Cat yet. The formula had not been buckled down, and... Scott McCloud's understanding comics was just a glimmer in Scott McCloud's eyes. Well, no, that was out by now. Yeah, I guess it was. I remember when Understanding Comics came out, I was like, what is the purpose of this book? It's preaching to the choir. Either you understand comics or... Understand comics. Either you understand comics or you don't, and if you don't, you don't care enough to pick up this book. Okay, so... I was so wrong. I feel like... If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with me from the internet, or you've listened to this podcast. I am a superhero guy. Uh, I've been doing cape stuff for forever. I have way less to say about this episode than I thought. I really, really enjoyed this episode. Way more than I thought I was, but it wasn't the superhero stuff. The superhero stuff was so... Eh. barely an afterthought well and the reason for that is that before the marvel you know i was gonna say you know the marvel mcu but really it was the one-two punch of spider-man x-men that kind of showed that comics could be good and be comic book movies we obviously had tim burton's batman but there was kind of a question about whether You could be a good comic book movie without being, like, a dark, gritty adult version of the comics. Mm. Spider-Man and X-Men both kind of showed you that you could be a good comic book movie that was still a comic book movie. And even X-Men had that whole, like, what, you were expecting yellow spandex joke? Because they still had to distance themselves from the source material. Not that current Marvel movies don't do that all the time. They do, but I feel like oh, DC is way, way more guilty of that now. Oh, but we haven't seen The Flash. <laughs> Much like everyone else on Earth, we haven't seen The Flash, although we did just see uh, the second Spider-Verse movie, which was so good. But pa- there wasn't a language of superhero movies like there is now, so this would have been totally different if there were superhero movies that were in the zeitgeist to draw from when they were doing this episode. Okay, the thing is, this episode came out in the weird middle ground area for things homaging superheroes as a genre. Because you get a lot of the trite, you know... Oh, it's a joke reference to the Camp Adam West Batman TV show. Or, oh, Superman wears his, you know... Underwear on the outside. Yeah, even... Honestly, the, I think, first Spider-Man game for the PlayStation has a running joke where Captain America is this corny, aw shucks, 1950s guy. I mean, you're probably going to cut this. Maybe not. I don't know. If you do not cut it, keep in me saying that you're probably going to cut it, though. Okay. Always do. The thing about the MCU is when they announced the slate of superheroes that were going to be in the first wave of MCU movies, we were all like, really? Those guys? Yeah, because all of the good ones had already been, you know, the rights had already been farmed out, so they just had the, the scraps left. And the MCU came and was like, oh, no. Oh, no. 
you are not prepared for what we're going to do with these superheroes. People who aren't, like, into comics, into comics, probably don't know how not a big deal the Avengers were for most of their existence as a team. Well, also people who are younger than us. Yeah. Who, who have only been around since, you know, the MCU made the Avengers something to care about, as opposed to, you know... It, the Avengers used to just be the place where you would park a character until they got their own solo. Like like the TV show Hi Honey, I'm Home, which is about a, a world where all of the sitcom characters whose TV shows are no longer in reruns have to go and hang out until their show comes back to reruns. This is a whole lot of setup for us basically saying, hey... The superhero part of this episode is kind of ancillary and unnecessary, and it basically consists of maybe four minutes of the main cast in not terribly notable superhero costumes. Well, I'm just trying to place it in time, in a pop culture time, for people who maybe weren't born 22 years ago when this episode aired. Yeah. 22! The thing about this is, like, there isn't a, there isn't really a parody of superhero stuff in this. Like, No, not at all. Not not in the slightest. Like, the superhero thing is just... An a, excuse to put the girls in fetish gear. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you are going to say? I mean, basically... I follow this guy on TikTok who does fetish gear. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot of cosplay fetish gear that's, like, rubber sex suits, but that look like for instance the star trek original series dress uniform mm. or various superhero costumes but they're like rubber and well, that's what this is well the thing about this is that i haven't seen them personally because it's not particularly my cup of tea oh were you gonna talk about those pornos that are like really really page accurate yeah like there is a company that does superhero porn parodies that has like insanely better than the movie accurate versions of superhero costumes like their quicksilver looks like quicksilver yeah it's being done by people who really care about the source material like a lot yeah so there are a lot of really good costume pieces in them and also there's way more gender equality than you know are in the actual Marvel and DC movies, although that's cor- though that's a little bit more... Yeah, than- <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I want to hand it to them on that one. It, it's sort of a necessity thing in that case, but, like, their Avengers, uh... Their Avengers lineup actually had the Wasp in it. It actually had She-Hulk. I know. Actually, they... I... I yeah. They didn't have the one-girl rule. Oh, okay. Speaking about places that don't have the one girl rule, but maybe it's just because the guys in charge are fetishizing them. Charmed. There we go. Brought it back. That was good, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I was saying, though, I really liked this episode mostly because of the family drama. I was like, I was like, oh, get her for like a lot of the episode, which we will discuss. So we do have a kind of. I'm going to say Tim Burton Gotham-y intro. Like, it's it's an op- it's opening shots of San Francisco, but it's all zoomy. And is, has it been too long since I've seen the Tim Burton? You know what? I said Tim Burton. I'm taking it back. Joel Schumacher. 
Mm. Well, I actually liked when you said Tim Burton because we are zooming around San Francisco at night specifically so that we can come to this club, which is the dark and gritty version of P3. But the lighting is very Joel Schumacher's Batman. It is. Well, I mean, we are still in Charmed. Yeah. And this was the era. We, this was the era of superhero movies we were coming out of at the time. There's actually, I feel like, a fair amount of influence drawn from the Joel Schumacher Batman. But yeah, yeah, this is the sexy, dark reflection of P3, where a woman in a pirate shirt is dancing all sexy on a table for uh, a given value of the word sexy and the word dancing. Apparently, though, the DJ is really great. Piper and Leo have gone to check out this amazing DJ who's stealing all of their clientele. And Leo's like, wow, she really is great. I'm really enjoying this. And Piper yells at him and says... We're having fun. Yeah, she says, focus, Leo. We are here for business, not pleasure. Which I know is something Leo hears a lot from Piper. Wah, wah. But mm-hmm. yes. What, 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 what was it you said? Title of your sex tape. Title of your sex tape. <laughs> oh. Sex is for revenge and making babies. Basically. Anyway, Piper's angry that this club is doing so well and P3 is doing so terrible. Speaking of making babies, Leo reminds her, hey, you haven't really given a shit about, you know, the club because your priorities have changed. And he touches her stomach, which I know he's her husband, but that's a a thing pregnant women love when you do. Mm hmm. But before she can, you know, freeze him and blow him up. They see that Paige is there. Oh, Paige is in so much trouble. Paige is there with her sexy new boy toy, British guy. Yeah, Dave. Dave. Dave Dave the British guy. Yes, he's the Dave of the group. I'm going to start telling people that my Dave tattoo is in honor of the Dave that Paige dates in the uh, Witches and Tights episode of Charmed. Are you tired of telling people that you're a super Dave Osborne fan? I will never tire of telling people that I'm a super Dave Osborne fan. Uh, I, I actually really like this, though, because she introduces Dave to Piper once she gets caught. And she says, Dave, this is my other sister, Piper. And I was like, oh, Phoebe's there, too. But nobody called her on that. Yeah. But they didn't have to because Phoebe walks up. Yeah, Phoebe walks up and and Piper's like, Phoebe, I expect this from Paige because I think that she's a bug who's beneath me. But... You, my actual sister, are betraying me like this? and My thought was, I expect this from Paige, who doesn't have an ownership interest in P3. That is accurate. I guess maybe they're less reliant on the club now that now that Phoebe's making all that juicy advice columnist money. That must be it. And yes, she's definitely making enough money to support all four, almost five of them. My God. Yes, but... Phoebe's like, what? I'm just here to to pull the male electorate, and I'd like to electorate that guy's poll. Uh, uh, uh. That's good. That's way better than what she says. She She's there because, you know, Ask Phoebe is so hard on her woman brain. She wants some, some male perspective. And then Piper gets mad that they didn't invite her, and they're like, are you mad at the betrayal or not inviting you? And Piper's oh, oh, like... she's mad at both. Yeah, a thing can be two things. You know, I'm kind of on her side. On both. Honestly. Although, I mean, I wouldn't want to invite Piper around to, if I was trying to have fun either. Yeah. So, Paige is like, should we feel guilty about 
not inviting Piper. And Phoebe's like, no, we were just trying to spare her feelings and not stress her out. Whatever. I, I'm going to go like have sex with any guy who looks at me sideways. I feel like you should invite your friends out, even if you know that they can't make it. Just, I feel like that's still the nice thing to do. Like if they have young kids or if they're pregnant, pregnant, or if they're in recovery, like if they haven't said to you, don't invite me to things because I can't, because I'm in recovery, like invite them, let them make that decision. I don't have siblings, so I don't know what the, bro- I, I, I don't have siblings and I always, I also hate going to clubs, so I don't know what the protocol would be, you know, for that situation. But yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have hurt to extend it an invitation. Yeah. Also, I'm not disparaging Phoebe for wanting to go out and get some strange post coal, but you're Alyssa Milano your standards are so low in this show. Like, you could shoot a little higher. I don't know. It's a trendy club. I feel like there's going to be trendy guys. Who do you think she should be dating? Well, the guy she's checking out just looks like a nothing guy, which I know all this is All guys prof- on these TV. Yeah, they all look like nothing guys to me. Like, the guy that, uh, the guy that, um, Paige is into, the, the Dave is, he's fine. He's attractive enough he, he's a good looking guy does he look good or does he just have shaggy hair <laughs> i think he looks good i i looked him up because i thought he was someone he is not a premonition for premonitions he is not i actually have a lot of really fun premonitions in this episode he's got a three-part name that begins with roger so i thought he might be roger craig smith who was the voice of sonic which would have been fun. oh that would have been fun he's, not, he's though. not he's just a guy named roger with a two-part name no i have a lot of really fun premonitions and we cut to the alley where two people that are going to come up during premonitions are Ooh, two. Oh yeah oh yeah one i'm just gonna go ahead and say is mark shepherd we're just gonna call him mark shepherd i think in this episode yeah yeah so Sci- sci-fi staple mark shepherd I'm assuming he's a future white lighter because in everything he's in, Mark Shepard is a beacon of goodness and purity. Right, right. Like, he's always the stand-up guy you can totally trust, Mark Shepard. Okay, I was going to wait till the actual premonition part, but I think I'll just say it now. Mm -hmm. He plays the attorney in Battlestar Galactica. Okay. And Battlestar Galactica was coming out while I was in law school, and I have to say... The thing that he says when he's being a defense attorney is actually a thing that I have repeated uh, over and over. Like, I I really love it. Somebody asks him if he thinks that his client is actually innocent. And he says, it's not my job to prove that he's innocent. It's my job to make the state prove that he's guilty. Mm. And I was like, yes, exactly. I love that. And I've repeated it so much since then. One of my favorite lines from uh, the sadly short-lived Law and Order trial by jury. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's... It's sad that they kind of dumped the premise of it, which was that you see the case from all angles. Like, you see it from the jury room, you see the defense setting up their thing, and they kind of dropped that to, for it to be a more standard law and order later, which sucked. Then what I, are we doing here? Yeah. But B.B. Newarth has this great line, because she, she's the uh, prosecutor, and her assistant prosecutor's like, isn't a trial to search for the truth? And she's like, no, a trial is a search for admissible evidence. Which yeah. is a thing that sticks in my head a lot. It's not related to Charmed at all, but B.B. Newirth is fantastic. We can always talk about B.B. Newirth. So Mark Shepard is talking to a teenager in what is either an alley or possibly a warehouse, or maybe a alley with a warehouse in it, or a warehouse for alleys. Oh, ooh, an alley warehouse. Yes, an alley warehouse. Alleys are us. 
a lot of Charmed takes place in an alley warehouse. So they're in the alley warehouse. The kid's got a sketchbook and he's drawn a tiger. And Mark Shepard's like, focus, focus on the tiger and bring it to life. And so he does. Yeah. Tiger, tiger, burning bright, something, something, fearful symmetry. Or if you'd prefer, the tiger, the tiger, he is out of his cage. Ah. The two iconic tiger poems. It's true. So the tiger is, in fact, out of his cage and off the paper. And then Mark Shepard's like, duh, it's just a drawing. And he rips up the drawings and the tiger disappears. Yeah, the kid's freaking out. The kid's like, ah, a tiger. I made a tiger. Ah. And Mark Shepard's like, just just rip up the page. It's It's not a difficult concept. So now we understand what this kid's power is and what and how how that power is negated yeah very well done mark shepherd you i would like to invite you back for many future episodes to take care of this exposition in such an efficient manner of course he never comes back but i mean not of course but he never comes back i want to point out he's credited as mark a shepherd and i'm I like that too i was like what's up with that is there because i i'm pretty sure he just gets credited as mark shepherd and other stuff did he uh, overshadow, if you, if you get more famous than the other person who has your name in Hollywood, do you get to take it? I don't know. Maybe he just thought, maybe he just thought it was cooler sounding. Mark A. Shepard. Yeah. Like when Larry Fishburne started going by Lawrence. Which is way better. Yes. Larry, Larry's objectively the least attractive name in the world. Yes, that that is an accurate statement. So... The kid is going home. So we have our little, we have the credit sequence. We have some shots of San Francisco. The kid is walking through one of San Francisco's many smoke-filled alleys home when he is accosted by, I want to say a bully. A tough. A tough. A, as my father called them, Tuji. He didn't, but that was like the thing for neighborhood toughs in the neighborhood he grew up in. What is that? A tough guy, a Tuji. Okay. I mean, I'm just expecting him to go into, like, the the West Side Story dance. Yeah. But the tough guy apparently has some history with this teenager. He's like, hey, what are you doing drawing in an alley? And he pulls out his notebook and sees that he has drawn a picture of himself beating up this, this tough. And he's like, how dare you? I am offended to my core that you would do such a thing. And then he just, he he punches the guy in the stomach and then just kind of wanders off, which, okay. I mean, I I guess it's good that we've established the relationship between these two people. But this guy is set up as kind of a bully character, but also he seems like he might be a legitimate gang member for the next scene where he's in a different warehouse with another guy and he has a gun. I think the idea is that this kid grew up in a tough neighborhood where everyone joins a gang and this kid was the bully and now he's like older and he's in a gang and he's harassing this kid and the kid's either going to get killed or have to join the gang. I think that's kind of the idea of what we're running with here. Yeah, as the bully wanders off post-punching the kid, the kid's sketchbook flips open to... A picture of, I want to say a Punisher-esque guy, although... I don't know, it seems just real, real generic superhero to me. His name is The Agitator. Yeah, it really reads like 
not a parody of a superhero, but like someone who was trying to capitalize on the 90s superhero boom, but oh. wasn't familiar with superheroes as a concept. Yeah, this is like a super cheap costume at Party City labeled superhero. And it's not like nocturnal mammal superhero or one of those ones burger wife yeah it's not one of those party city costumes that is obviously something specific from pop culture it's like superhero and okay it's it's not a terrible outfit it's again it's very very generic but it's the style at the time it is the style at the time so as you as you mentioned, we see this kid and and his not the kid the tough. We see this tough and his henchman, his adult ass henchman. Yeah, doing some robbery, and then the human version of the cartoon we saw, the agitator, bursts through the wall, and okay, okay, okay. I know superheroes aren't an established part of the universe or anything. But it seems very odd that they have no questions about the fact that this man literally just burst through the wall. Like, the tough is like, hey, get him, my weird adult henchman. And the weird adult henchman, like, runs up and tries to punch him, but oh, gets thrown oh, across the room. I'm sorry. I, I, I just really feel like we need to address how early 2000s this scene is, how 2001 this scene is. He doesn't attack him with fists. He attacks him with a butterfly knife. He does the flippy butterfly knife thing and then attacks him with that. And then the tough pulls out his gun and holds it sideways because he thinks he's quitting fucking Tarantino and fires off a shot. And luckily this is TV, so he doesn't break his wrist from the recoil. I was about to say, how many wrists do you think Quentin Tarantino so has broken? many. Just from people imitating, you know. Yeah. Well, well, um... That's not really a thing anymore, right? People don't really do the firing your gun sideways thing anymore. Because John Wick doesn't do it, so why would anyone else? Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't seen the John Wick movies, so I can't say if he does or not, but... Yeah. He doesn't. No. People are having these weird reactionary things to John Wick recently. Did Did you see that, that woman who posted that thing, that anti-violence woman who posted the thing about how, you know... Keanu Reeves is glorizing violence, but if he was ever in one of those situations, he would have a total breakdown. And it's like, yes, movies are not real. I mean, you and I, Max, are online. We're so online, and it's bad for... I mean, it's bad for both of us, but I'm only going to speak for myself. It's really bad for my mental health because there's such a currency of like, hey, actually, this thing you like is bad for these reasons. Like, this hot take economy it's exhausting can we just like things yeah there there was also someone else who was the director of some action movies in the 80s who was like oh that's not actually how that works and it's like yes we're aware movies are fake thanks neil degrasse tyson telling us how space works how how much did people turn on neil degrasse tyson remember when the like two years when that man was universally beloved what's so weird is it turned out that he's kind of a sex pest yeah but that's not why people turned on him. People turned on him because he was being annoying about movies on Twitter. Yes. Like, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson, we understand that Santa Claus could not actually visit every single household in the world. Like, you are blowing no one's mind with these facts. <laughs> oh, man. So, so, the agitator kills the two, well, he, he kills the bully kid. 
he kills the tough kid. The tough kid sh- tries shooting him sideways, and the agitator just throws the bullets back at him, and he's bleh, dead. Yes. So. But that, did he kill him? Is the agitator to blame for killing him? Because he just caught the bullets and threw them back at him. And in the past, when the charmed ones have used telekinesis to catch someone's energy ball and throw it back at them, we have they, they haven't admitted to being murderers. Plausible deniability. But yeah, he, he kills the kid. Yeah. The, the tough, the tough kid. Meanwhile, Piper is living the pregnancy cliche of eating a peanut butter and ham and Nutella and ice cream sandwich. And pickles. And pickles. I craved none of this when I was pregnant. Yeah, you were sort of in the mood for peppermint a couple of times, but that was basically it. I craved two things when I was pregnant. Well, no, actually, I ate a lot of peppermint candies when I was pregnant. I craved peppermint. Don't know why. It's all I wanted. And I had a massive craving for tuna which you can't eat when you're pregnant but like i wanted a tuna melt so bad the whole time i was pregnant so Paige comes into the room to have a very awkward conversation with piper about sex well she's doing the walk of shame because it's the next morning but she's still wearing the dress she was wearing at the club uh-oh piper's like are you just getting home now and for a second i was like piper she doesn't have a job she's 20 she doesn't have a boyfriend let her let her fuck around my god but then it turns out that piper's actually just confused because she totally saw Paige in her room in the middle of the night and it turns out that Thank God Paige is having sex with the most unobservant man on earth. Because at the brink of orgasm, she orbed herself home. Yeah, she keeps on unintentionally orbing right before climax. And Piper's like, did he notice? And Paige is like, luckily no, which how... How is that lucky? I mean, and, and Paige is frustrated because she hasn't been able to orgasm with this guy, presumably because of the orbing. But I think the bigger issue is that your sex partner keeps on not noticing when you disappear mid-sex. Like, physically are no longer in the room. I I mean, no wonder he can't make her orgasm! (laughs) I mean, not to immediately reference something we just watched, but uh, the spoilers for Girls 5 Eva, is it a spoilers thing? Eh. When it turns out that one of the members of the girl group in Girls 5 Eva was actually not dating a younger man, but a YouTube prank brother pair. And she's like, but we had sex. And he's like, did we? And it cuts to footage of her of her miming sex on a bed while the two of them play video games in a completely different part of the room. And the, the two of them, because it's actually twins who play pranks and the prank they were playing is they kept swapping out which one of them was pretending to be her boyfriend and she never noticed fraternal twins yeah (laughs) and because she is so self-absorbed they literally tell her at one point that it is a prank and she just completely you should watch girls five ever we're not doing a good job selling it right now but it is such a funny show and the music's really catchy i mean i'm just still caught up in this whole page thing i mean You know, most people with vulvas can't climax from just vaginal penetration. Mm. Like, most people with clitorises need intense clitoral stimulation to come. And... Well, it's one of the things about how, you know, 
you shouldn't worry about penis size because sex is a full body activity or at least a multi-body part activity typically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, as, as, as someone who's done a, a, a pretty, uh, as, some, as somebody who has a pretty big sample size, <laughs> uh, I will say that skill does not correlate to size in any way that I've ever, that I, that I could pinpoint. Size is nice, but strictly speaking, not necessary. Yeah. But this isn't about size. No, this isn't about size. This is about, this is about, how did he not notice that she orbed away? Oh my God. But also she's so frustrated that he can't make her orgasm. And I'm like. Well, she thinks that part of it is because that is because she can't tell him that she's a witch because they've only been dating for three weeks. And this is the first guy she's been serious about since Glenn. Glenn Mention. Yeah, Glenn Mention. I really wish he had been more of a reoccurring character. I know he shows up for, I think, one more episode. But, like, it would... And this is a running problem with Charmed throughout the years that they don't really have a supporting cast. Mm Mm-hmm. But... It's nice to acknowledge that Paige had a life outside of the sisters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was just thinking that it's not much much the way that Piper is going to blame all of this stuff on being a witch that's just normal human stuff, like mm. having to run to the grocery store and things. Oh, my God, if I could live a normal life, then my car would break down. No, Piper, cars break down. It has nothing to do with you being a witch, right? Lots and lots of, of, of vulva havers cannot orgasm from sex like if you have to finish yourself off with a vibrator page there's no shame in that just make it part of the just make it part of the play like this 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 heteronormative obsession with penis and vagina sex is not healthy for anyone that's that's where i wanted to get with this Hmm. that's the psa i wanted to get out there for for the listeners Uh, page is like Piper, how did you deal with having a relationship and being a witch? And Piper's like, I just dated a magic guy, specifically one who was assigned to me by, you know, God or sub-God. Well, yeah. God's undersecretary. It was I, I guess it was the, weird of Paige to ask in the first place. I guess the elders are like Congress, and then the Angels of Destiny are like the Senate, and then God is like the president sure i mean because we know elders are above the charmed ones in the hierarchy of goodness at this point but we know angels of destiny are above the elders in the pecking order yeah yeah and and theoretically if we go into the comics we know there's stuff above the angels of destiny even though they're supposed to be kind of the big thing although the elders were the big thing before they introduced the concept of angels of destiny speaking of elders speaking of elders leo leo is really incompetent this episode and i have no idea why oh i think it's because he's got this elder in the passenger seat just harassing him yeah Leo orbs an elder onto a table in the solarium and the elders like been orbing long this should be a bigger deal i believe this is the first time we're actually meeting an elder this is the first time we have seen an elder elders appeared before wearing full cloaks that covered their faces Mm. but this is the first time we're getting to know an elder and god do the elders suck like i i'm not sad most of you guys got wiped out by the titans although apparently not really because 
like Q, the whole Q elder thing happens after that. Whoa, so. You're getting way ahead of us. You're getting way ahead of us. Especially because here we're going to find out this elder is going to tell us that his powers are all like mental based. He can't orb. He doesn't have any offensive powers. But later on, it's going to. Leo, when Leo becomes an elder, he's shooting lightning left, right, and center. And we're going to see all the elders can do everything. But here it almost seems like elders have a portfolio, right? Like these are the powers that this elder can do. Yes, Leo has brought this elder to Earth because he's retiring and he needs to pass on his divine hoo-ha onto some... The next elder. Yes, a destined mortal who shall ascend into quasi-godhood before getting slaughtered by the Titans. Or not, because we know a bunch of them survive. Well, this is another thing where it kind of implies that the elders have different portfolios of powers... Because there's going to be a lot of concern that if he doesn't get these powers passed on, they're just going to die with him. Mm. Also, like, what is what is retiring for an elder? Well, I mean, I'm assuming it's he's he's retiring into death, right? I mean, I'm just thinking of the good place. Yeah, but it turns out literally everyone knew about this except Piper because Paige is like. Leo, you weren't supposed to bring the elder here until tonight. And Piper's like, what? You know what? You know what pregnant women in general and Piper in specific really love? When everyone decides to treat you like a child and not tell you anything that's happening because they're all worried about the baby and basically you're just an incubator for the thing that's growing inside of you now instead of your own person who could figure things out. Hmm. It's weird because they do a lot of dumping the Elder off onto Piper, considering how not in the loop they brought her. Mm -hmm. put her in. Also, I know she's got the whole self-healing thing now, but wouldn't having her bodyguard the Elder put her in more physical peril? I was really picking up an implication that it was, like, she is guarding the Elder because that was the god moving in mysterious ways. Like, she needed to guard the Elder so that things could happen the way they happened. And that this elder knew that. I do appreciate that Piper has literally no respect for this elder because, you know, he he shows up and he starts wandering around the house and he's like, ugh, mortal crap. And she's like, who is this sack of shit? Like <laughs> At one point he at one point he's like, You're not you're not really doing the witch thing the way you're supposed to. And she's like, I don't know if you've heard of me, but I don't give a fuck what elders think. That's why I married my white lighter, bitch. I've killed the source of all evil like three times at this point. Shut up. So we cut to... Alley's R Us. Yeah. Which I guess is also a hangar. There are like airplane pieces in this alley. What? I don't even know. I don't even know. Whatever. Alley's R Us and uh, Mark Shepard shows up. To talk to this kid about... I love how much he, he's like... He's like, a great source of evil has entered the world and you need to kill him and give his powers to me, your buddy, Mark Shepard, a good guy. I And I love how quickly he ditches this. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was calling, I was calling the superhero the agitator. It's the aggressor, which is somehow even worse. Hmm. He's the aggressor in this situation. Yeah. Well, he, Mark Shepard wants the kid to use the aggressor to kill the white lighter, the white lighter, the elder, so that Mark Shepard can steal the powers. And the kid's like, but I didn't want to use my powers to kill. 
And Mark Shepard's like, oh my god! I am so sick of your shit! Just kill him and give me powers so that I can have powers! Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he ditches the, you know, I'm a good guiding spirit thing so quickly. Yeah. Like, he's like, just bring your superhero to life, have him kill the guy, or I'm gonna kill you and your family. Like, I may not be a super powerful demon, but I'm powerful enough to do that. Meanwhile, Phoebe is a work lady, working at work. She's so stressed out because the letters just keep coming and she doesn't have time to answer every one. And even her assistant at this point is like, Phoebe, that's not how advice columns work. Pick out the interesting ones, publish them, and move the fuck on. And and Phoebe's like, I can't do that to my readers. Now shut up, I'm going to talk to my sister. And... <laughs> yeah, Piper calls her and, and tells her, Hey, hey, I've got a question for you, for you, Miss Ann Landers. What, what would you tell someone they should do if they're pregnant and their sister is being super patronizing to them and hiding things from them and being just really, really annoying? Did you, did you share that with your, uh... I did not, I did not ask my advice group what advice they would give in that case, since this is a sarcastic request for advice and not a real request for advice. But then Phoebe's like, I would hope that she would understand that I did it out of love and concern. And Piper's like, not buying it. Nope. So Cole comes in, because I guess anyone can just enter this building anytime they want. Well, it's a newspaper office, not a, not a skiff site that's specific but isn't that... like like where boats are no like the rooms the rooms where they keep highly classified documents that can't be removed from those rooms oh oh yes <laughs> topical yes i thought like skiff like the boats no <laughs> but yeah cole comes in and phoebe's like oh you didn't shimmer what's that about and he's like i'm trying not to use my evil powers since i you know tried to use them to strangle you last episode i would like to point out you did not cole you did not use your evil powers to strangle her you used your hands to strangle her okay i would kind of really really love it if cole was just not using his hands anymore yeah, he's like trying to pick stuff up with his <laughs> elbows we get a scene of him trying to drink water like oh yeah He's like, he's, he's trying to write with his feet because he doesn't want to use his hands since he tried to strangle Phoebe with his hands. But he wants her help d exposing this evil landlord who's going to evict all of these poor people. And, and Phoebe's like, sucks for them, Cole. Get the fuck out of my office. I only care about my readers. My readers, Cole. My readers. This is the weirdest thing because, yes, she says she only cares about her readers. Or rather, she's just so swamped with readers that she has to help that she can't help Cole. Like, she's some sort of Santa Claus witch. Like, if you don't write it a letter to Santa Phoebe, then you don't get your, your non-eviction on Christmas morning. And then her assistant shows up and is like, well, you know how you have hundreds of letters you haven't read yet? Some of them are from tenants who... Who is being evicted and writes to Phoebe instead of somebody who could actually help? Also, the assistant lady was reading the letters, so she knows that they were from the uh, tenants. Also, also, the assistant lady was listening to the conversation, and she's not like, so your husband tried to choke you and also apparently has powers? I don't think anybody really wants to get into that with Phoebe. Yeah. Also, I do assume that she does read the letters and probably, like, categorizes them for Phoebe. It's like, here are the, like, lovelorn, here's the 
people who don't know if they should have kids. Here's the, you know, whatever. Yeah. Here's the, here's the, here are the twin brothers who are in love with each other and have been having an affair forever. That's an actual Dear Prudence letter. An iconic Dear Prudence letter. Yes. Okay, so... A couple of things. All right. I don't understand how this eviction is happening because it, in in California and on, and on, I'm going to be frank, I didn't I didn't go back to see if this was the case in 2001, but I can't imagine it's changed that much. But in California, you you have to, you know, serve a notice of eviction. The notice is going to take between 30 or 60 days, depending on what kind of lease you have and how long you've been in the place. And then it has to go before a judge. Like, none of this happens overnight. And we learned that they're not being evicted for cause. They're not being evicted because they, uh, you know, started a fight or were cooking meth in there or, you know, the, the various things you can be evicted for cause for. Mm. They're not being evicted because they didn't pay their rent either. They're being evicted because the landlord, like, wants to turn the apartments into condos or something. So... It doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter why any of this is happening. The important thing is an evil, bald, rich man is trying to force weird Dickensian orphans out of these apartments. And, okay, I mean... I work for a supportive housing place now. I was a real estate attorney before. Obviously, this is like, this this is rubbing me the wrong way because of that. But you're Buffy watching the kung fu movie. Yeah, but I'm especially irritated because you know who would be in the best position to help these people? Cole as an attorney. Not Demon Cole, Attorney Cole. That's who these people need to save them. Well, Not a witch. What does he even think? Well, I, I guess he asked Phoebe to expose the landlord in the paper, but uh, which also he he men like he he mentions that he's representing them in court, like he's doing an injunction to stop the eviction. I guess it's good for his case if the tide of public opinion turns against this guy, but like it, no, it's not. And you want to know why? Because then people would have to recuse themselves from the jury. Because there's not a, such a thing as an injunction to stop an eviction because you can't kick people out until you have the orders from the judge in the first place. Okay, I, I think you might be, just because this is specifically your thing, I think you might be putting a little much, too much thought into this plot point. Uh, Important you... thing, evil rich man doing bad thing, Phoebe... Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to feel like I'm saying rich people aren't evil. I mean, they obviously are. It's just that this isn't how it would go down, and it's bugging me. I love Cole's appeal to Phoebe's goodness, where he's like, "They're tiny, innocent babies with nowhere to go," and Phoebe's like, "I'm sorry, Cole, but I'm powerless to help." And Cole's like, "I mean, you're not though. Like, I mean, not to be on Phoebe's side, but..." don't see how anything she could do that's not magic would change the situation. Well, he's, he's trying to get her to put an article in the paper saying that this guy's evil. Hey, you know who he should be talking to? Elise. Yeah, yeah. Or John Prince or whatever his name was, that guy he was working for who owns the newspaper now. Oh, yeah, who's his client? The owner <laughs> of the newspaper is his client. Why is he even talking to Phoebe? Meanwhile, Paige is not orgasming. Oh, and Dave is like, oh, 
I, I tried so hard. It is not happening. Why isn't it happening? And look. Do I not look Nickelbacky enough for you? Look, I, I just I feel like I just want to do a, a whole sex ed podcast right now. Hey, Paige, look at this photograph. That's a Nickelback song. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. No, I was going to say, like, pestering your partner to orgasm is not going to make them orgasm. I don't know. Has anyone ever tried it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Also, like, maybe instead of complaining, you can go downstairs and finish the job. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, you just made me think of a, what's the fake tweet Blue Sky has? They're like splorfs or whatever. I don't know what they call their tweets. Yeah. Anyway, I saw a tweet on Blue Sky <laughs> where I think it was Parker Malloy. Uh-huh, that's possible. said, uh, something I'm paraphrasing here, but it's odd how many guys are like, Baby, I could go down on you for hours like that is a selling point. Right? Yeah, it's true. But Paige is like, I don't know. I just don't feel like I could be emotionally honest with you. And he's like, so do you want to stop having sex? And she's like, no, I want to keep having sex. But better. Be better at it. So back at the manor, Piper is having a very tense and awkward conversation with the elder. To be fair, the elder was trying to meditate, and it's like, ah, there's so much chaos in this house, I can't meditate. And she's like, you came here. I am not moving my life around just because you're trying to meditate. Also, why are you trying to meditate? Like, no offense, but aren't you like an elevated being? I would feel, it's God Cop. Hey, let's pray. To whom? But... I mean, it's so, not exactly like that, but it feels weird. That it, Also, you're about to pass your powers off. To, do you want to cram a little bit more cosmic oneness in before you de-elevate? So what's weird is they never explicitly say this, mm -hmm. but this guy's powers are prophetic. Like, he, he, has a, he has prophecy powers, and I always assumed that he's here to put the charmed ones on a specific path and so that's why he was trying to meditate he's like he's trying to arrange events in a specific way we see later in the show although god knows it never helps them out at all that the elders do have a sort of all of the elders not just this guy specifically have a cosmic awareness thing like, Leo has some precognitive things that he uses, like, twice when he becomes an elder mm -hmm. before he ditches them for the much more useful lightning. But, uh... I foresee that you will explode. But Piper has this awkward conversation with the guy where, where he's like, you don't really like me. And she's like, oh, your cosmic awareness clued you in on that, right? Like, of course I don't like you. You threatened to kill me and Leo if we got together. And he's like, well, some of us were against your union, but some of us foresaw the special child you will bear. And uh, she's like, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for reducing me to a uterus with legs, dude. And he's like, a guy's going to try and kill me. And she's like, okay, good luck with that. Yeah, the aggressor comes in and attacks, attacks them. Uh, Leo? Wait, no, no, before, sorry, before, before we get to that part, which... 
is incredible. Uh, Paige orbs back, but she doesn't orb back because she sensed they were in danger with her white lighter powers or because they called to her, but because she was, in fact, about to reach the, uh, she was about to reach the, like... Top of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yes, and instead she orbed back here. So it's a good thing that she was having sex in, like, a full a full lingerie so that she's not naked when she orbs back. And I just want to point out that this is, if not the same, very similar to the nightie that Rachel wears in the episode where she ends up having to play it off like it's a dress and go out to eat with Josh's parents wearing the nightie. Yes. So... Paige orbs in, the aggressor shows up. Wait, in the TV show Friends. I don't think I said that. Yes, in the TV show Friends. Uh, Paige shows up, the aggressor attacks, Leo orb tackles the elder out of the way. He jumps from the landing of the stairs, tackles the elder, and orbs them away. The Charmed Ones successfully fight off the aggressor. Uh, Paige drops a, who was that masked man? Boo. That's what I said. So they go up to the attic. I feel like Paige should probably get back to the guy she was having sex with before disappearing mid-sex. Like, how, how is... How are they not all completely exposed now? But they rightly point out, like, we're probably not going to find a superhero in the Book of Shadows. But continuity reference... Uh, Piper's like, well, maybe it's a demon who's using comic books as a way to hide. Like when we fought the demon of illusions and he was hiding in horror movies. And Paige is like, I don't remember that. And Piper's like, yeah, it was before you. We had like three years of witch adventures before you showed up. Yep. Leo, having deposited the elder somewhere safe, comes back and is like, Paige, why are you half naked? And she's like, don't worry about it. It's just an orbing issue. And he's like, well, I'm your white lighter. You want to talk to me about your orbing issues? And she's like, no, absolutely not. No. So Piper's like, do we check comic book stores then? Like if it's a demon of illusion thing, we should probably get ahead of him bringing supervillains to life. And and Phoebe's like, that'll take too long. I'm going to go back to work. <laughs> She does say she's got to stop the slumlord. So Paige is going to go around and try to figure out where where the superheroes are coming from. And Piper's like, um, I can help. Remember me, the invisible woman? Wah, wah. Yeah. It should be capitalized in the captions, but it's not. But I still think it might be a Fantastic Four reference because those movies did come out recentishly at this time. I assume so. That's why I said it. Yeah. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. It's not capitalized, but I'm assuming that's just bad captioning, which there is so much bad captioning out there. Oh, uh, yeah. Back in the warehouse factory, the alley warehouse. Yeah. Back in the alley warehouse, Mark Shepard is beating up the kid because the aggressor couldn't defeat the charmed ones. The ones who couldn't be taken out by the source of all evil couldn't be killed by a kid's doodle. Oh my goodness. What a surprise. And he's like, look, if I wasn't clear enough before, I'm going to kill you if you don't create something that can take out this elder guy. He's like, draw him stronger. Draw him better. Instead, the kid starts a new drawing and we see that the first thing he has started to draw is Phoebe. So Phoebe is going through a little poverty porn she's wandering around 
the sad hallway of sad destitute families and their sad sad children yeah this is presumably the slumlord's building where the slumlord is just hanging out and she's like hey i'm a reporter we're taking some liberties there phoebe right off the bat but i'm a reporter for the bay mirror and i want to know why you're a slumlord who's kicking out people so that you can make money with condos and he's like i don't need to talk to you like, I'm rich. I can do whatever I want. There are cops there, so he did call the police to come over and do a sheriff's lockout, but they haven't been to court yet. I'm sorry, I do have to let this go. But <laughs> he also tells Phoebe that if she puts in the Bay Mirror that he's an evil slumlord who evicted all his tenants for money, he's going to sue her for libel. And my question is... This is like a greasy dude with an open shirt and a super thick gold chain. Why? Why, why does he care? care? And Phoebe points out it's not liable if it's true. And he's like, well, I'm still going to do it anyway. Thereby making it true? I mean, what is this? That one episode of 30 Rock with uh, where Jack tries to sue Tracy because he's the villain in his, uh, what is it? Grandma whatever movies. Aunt Fatso. Aunt Fatso movies. Anyway, Phoebe turns into a superhero. Yes, Phoebe turns into a superhero. I talk about the costume, but it's honestly not much of a costume. It's basically a it's basically a little rubber dress that's like red in the middle and black on the sides. It's fine. It's fine. Like it's She's worn worse. Yeah. It's, she wore the Cinderella dress two weeks ago. Yeah, it's not bad. It it doesn't particularly read superhero y to me, but whatever. So Piper and Paige come out of a comic book store where they have got no useful information. Um, they have gotten no useful information about what's going on with the aggressor. They have gotten some useful thematic information where they've learned that superheroes who have to hide their identities have really terrible personal lives. Yeah. And so Paige is all disheartened that she's going to be Peter Parker over here, like having to hide her identity so that everyone that she loves doesn't get thrown off a bridge. Mm. 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 Uh, has to marry paul that's for those of you who are reading the current run of spider-man which is just so awful i was just gonna point out that we we just saw across the spider-verse which is incredible amazing beautiful movie but i i had to restrain myself because we were in a theater for the first time since the before times mm -hmm. i had to restrain myself from groaning out loud when spider gwen says in every other universe Gwen Stacy falls for Spider-Man. Wah, wah. No! No! Honestly, I know it's super dark, but I love that her swing is patterned off of the death of Gwen Stacy. That she she does she does the like from one foot swing mm -hmm. that broke Gwen Stacy's neck in the comics, and that's just how she's I'm like, <laughs> that's such a great dark little note. Yes. Surprising no one, by the way. We're talking so much more about superheroes than anyone in this writer's room did. Yeah. I guess I appreciate them not doing a bunch of the stock jokes people made about superheroes at that time, but... That would have really aged this episode. Yeah, but as is, the superhero thing is kind of barely a part of this episode. Piper and Paige get juped into their superhero costumes. Piper's is the one that reads most superhero-y and that kind of looks like oh oh i think we're gonna say the same thing here she looks like dazzler it's just a dazzler costume which 
fine. Yeah, Dazzler has a perfectly serviceable. Serviceable. Dazzler has an iconic superhero costume. Thank you. That reads superhero. We will still being something. I was going to say you could plausibly wear. In the 70s, you could. In the 70s. It's a very 70s outfit. Holly Mary Combs looks fine. It She looks good in it. It, it is the... Honestly, it reads superhero more than either of the other outfits. Paige is in, like, a hot pink rubber mini skirt or mini dress. Yeah. Well, they're all wearing outfits that I swear, other than... Well, no, honestly, even Piper. They're all wearing outfits that I could see them wearing in other episodes. So, the, really, the thing that makes them superheroes is they're all wearing domino masks. Yeah. None of the outfits except really Piper's reads as superhero-y. And Piper's, you do have the plausible deniability of it being a club outfit. But that, but that's also the thing about this time period. Like, if you look at the Elektra movie, she's not wearing the iconic Elektra costume. Mm-hmm. Like... Well, I, I already brought up the X-Men. The... Yeah, what were you expecting? Yellow spandex. Yeah. And even, even modern superhero movies, like... They made, like, like the first Captain America movie has him wear the classic Captain America costume as a joke before getting his, like, real version of the costume. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, a, it's a thing that modern stuff feels like they kind of have to do. I don't really mind it because superhero costumes in comic books are theoretically spandex mm. because it's a good way to show muscle mass in comics. That's a, it's you a, just draw a naked person and then put some lines on them. Right. It's an easy way to draw it. But in actuality, spandex is not the best fabric for making you look like a superhero. So it's fine for me that they all kind of make a leather instead. That's fine. I just want to point out the joke version uh, the joke version of the Scarlet Witch costume that Wanda wears in uh, WandaVision. Well, it's not a joke. It's a Halloween costume. It's a Halloween costume, and it looks better than all of her outfits. I mean, I will stand... I will be like, look, that looks good. Like, that looks like a good superhero costume. I... Well, I mean, you know I love... You know I love some, some Wanda costumes. Mm. Um, I... I liked the red leather trench coat that just gives the Scarlet Witch vibes without actually being a costume that she did. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just, it feels a little bit like you can commit to this. It's okay to lean in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like. Well, she wasn't a superhero at that point. She was just a person wearing an outfit that evoked the character that she was going to evolve into. Mm. So in another alley in the city... <laughs> Paige and Piper stop a carjacking where this guy is straight up going to kill this lady. Why would you do that on top of carjack? Like, if you already have the car, why bother killing the woman? Who? I don't even know. Hey, why don't I make this crime much, much worse if I get caught? He shoots Piper, who tries to freeze the bullet, but instead of freezing it, she just catches it. They throw the guy into a dumpster comedically, and they're like, hey, that felt cool. Let's go beat up some more people. Yeah. Phoebe is going all Punisher on the like landlord guy. She's dangling him off a building and she's like, hey, so are you going to evict those people? And he's like, no. And she's like, and are you going to fix all of the problems in the building? And he's like, yes. And Cole shows up and he's like, hey, Phoebe, what you doing? 
Yep. What's the costume about? And she's like, oh, I'm a superhero now, Cole. And he's like, hmm, okay. He's like, you can't just dangle people over buildings and threaten them to make them better people. And she's like, no, you can't do that. But I'm good, so I can do whatever I want. Uh. Which I think we're supposed to think that this is the superhero persona overriding her but it is kind of her attitude towards cole for the rest of also that that doesn't make sense because part of being a superhero is that you don't do shit like that i know some superheroes kill blah 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 blah, blah. but well i i guess it's mostly a batman thing i just i i just don't think that or a Golden Age Superman thing where he did stuff like force mine owners to work in their mines until they improved the conditions for the regular workers. I just don't think you can say dangling a guy over a building is a quintessentially superhero thing to do, such that it obviously overrode Phoebe's own will. I think it might have overrode Phoebe's unwillingness to help anyone. Oh, that definitely, <laughs> yes, I'm... Absolutely. Absolutely that's accurate. The fact that she's being proactive is what the superhero thing. You know, it's kind of weird Daryl's not in this episode. Yeah. Well, he would have had to stop them. I guess. So, all of the sisters super speed back to the manor. With their superhero costumes, they have super speed, super strength, and invulnerability. You know, the I was going to say the basic flying brick package, except without the flying part Mm -hmm. but they realize that when they take off their masks they lose the bravado of being a superhero yes the masks according to phoebe clouded their judgment and made them do things like hold people over buildings and stop muggers yeah i i feel like this is a leftover thing from an earlier version of the script where they did more stuff as superheroes yeah i think that's probably true i i appreciate that Paige takes the mask off and she's like nope don't like it putting the mask back on so the aggressor shows back up he immediately knocks out phoebe while Paige and piper just beat the shit out of him yeah well i mean they're as strong as he is because they came from the same place and there's three of them so you know he doesn't really stand a chance yeah phoebe wakes up and she throws him onto some shrapnel that's there because well she throws him through she throws him through the kitchen door and then when he goes through the kitchen door he like lands on the the curio cabinet that they have in the kitchen and gets impaled on like the metal rod yeah one would think that the invulnerability that stopped bullets from hurting him would stop that from hurting him but whatever He turns back into the kid. Oh, he turns into the kid. He wasn't the kid before, but now he's the kid. And he has a real Jean Grey in X-Men The Last Stand where he's like, save me, kill me. Eh." Yeah. So they call Leo to heal him. They have this weird little debate as to whether or not they should call Leo, which, yes, he's a child. I mean, he's like... The character's supposed to be 13. I feel like they got, like, an 18-year-old to play him, whatever. An 18-year-old who looks 13. Well, I mean... TV 13. Yeah, he's young, but, like, I feel like the, I feel like they could have feasibly had him just be 16 and it would have worked better than being like, this is a 13-year-old, because he's not. Mm -hmm. This is someone who could feasibly drive, but whatever. So, (laughs) 
let's hang on to that when we're in the magic school season and everyone in magic schools in their like 30s mm, yeah so he explains that he's got this power he can draw things and make them come to life and this evil demon guy is forcing him to try to kill the elder so that he can get the elder's powers and not suck anymore I... so his plan was to come here having given the charmed ones superpowers and get the charmed ones to kill him so that his powers couldn't be used for evil mm. which is the kind of self-sacrifice that the charmed ones just don't even know how to process They're like i'm sorry what yeah i mean not to critique mark shepherd's plan but why doesn't he just kill the kid and take his powers I don't think he can do that. Is he the one demon who can't do that? Because it feels like every single demon has that as their gimmick. I know, right? No, I think he can't do that. But Leo's like, this kid must be a witch. Which, yes, Leo. I mean, I, I guess just... He could have been like a half demon or something. Or something else supernatural. Although, I guess we, we are into the witches are just mutants thing. Yes. Like, later in the show when they're making... Just say it's a mutant power. Move on. Yeah. You could have come up with a creature. For, or like, oh, this kid must be part muse or something. Ooh, that would have been cool. But no, that's not going on. Yeah, no, he's just, he's a witch. And they're like, look, we're the charmed ones. We're going to help you kill this demon and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this doesn't interfere with, uh, with us helping the elder pass his powers on to somebody. Right? Uh, so they decide they're going to confront Mark Shepard. They're still in their superhero personas. I feel like this is a mistake because you're just giving him an opportunity to take away your superhero personas and throw you off. Whereas outside of your superhero personas, you're the charmed ones. Yeah. Yeah. So Leo brings the elder back to Earth because if if he misses the deadline, then his powers will be gone forever. Oh, we didn't mention that this is the equinox. This is like the day he has to transfer his powers. If he doesn't do it on this day, they'll like evaporate or something. Okay, so like, so you know what? Not worth it. I was gonna be like, did they? Is this a thing that happens to each elder in their turn, or has he chosen? Because it sounded like he chose to retire. In which case, why does the equinox matter? And, like, if he missed the Equinox, wouldn't he just still be an elder? But whatever. Yeah, I don't think he chose to retire. Actually, I mean, if you want to get into it, he mentions that he backed the idea of Leo and Piper being together, even though the majority of the elders didn't. So maybe he's being forced out because he went against the elders. I'm just creating a whole backstory for him that we don't get. So he's like, look, Leo, I'm omnipotent, but I'm going to be gone pretty soon so if you have any questions i will answer one and there's like why one and he's like that's just how i roll leo i know i've been a giant asshole to you all episode but now i'm going to be wise and benevolent so it'll be sad or whatever when i die in like five minutes so leo wants to know will our child be healthy that's a terrible question mm. because it's very subjective what does that mean I'd be more like, what's the biggest danger facing our child? Oh, see, that would be a good one. And then they could tell him. I, I don't know why I'm afraid of spoiling this 22-year-old show. Then they could tell him, Gideon! Yeah, yeah. Although, 
Gideon's his coworker. Maybe he wouldn't mention it. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, no. But this guy's been shitty to Leo. He's been orbing long. I don't have a problem with anyone being shitty to Leo. Yeah. But he tells he tells Leo, your child will be healthy and more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Well, that's not what he asked. This guy just wanted an opening to say that he's going to have a powerful kid. You know, you can just say stuff, right? You don't need to. It doesn't need to be set up for you. But whatever. So... The kid walks into the room. I, if if he knows the demons here, mm-hmm. why wouldn't he just send the sisters in to kill him? I don't know. But Mark Shepard confronts him with the drawing of the sisters, and he's like, "You betrayed me, you betrayer! How dare you!" And the kid's like, "You threatened to kill me. I don't owe you loyalty, dude." But his his. His beef is that it turns out that the kid can draw people with powers, thereby giving them powers. So he should have done that for Mark Shepard instead of making Mark Shepard go through the whole rigmarole of trying to find and kill an elder. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So Mark Shepard's the aggressor now. He tears up the picture of the sisters as witches and then throws them through a wall, minorly inconveniencing them. See, it's like I said, they should have they should have come in as the charmed ones anyway. They're the charmed ones. I guess Heard Pru- of them? I guess Prue is just a big old wuss because they're all fine. They <laughs> took being thrown through a wall like a champ. Ooh. Ooh, hoo, hoo. They ask Piper if she's okay because she's pregnant and being thrown through a wall is probably not great for a pregnant lady. And she's like, well, apparently my baby doesn't cure bruising. Apparently, she doesn't think that bruises are a priority for healing. Yep. Which, okay, whatever. I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but yeah, this is this is an okay whatever episode. We're just moving on to the next thing. Mark Shepard ran off, I guess, instead of staying to fight them after he threw them through a wall. Well, he's got to kill the elder before the equinox. So oh, the sure, sure, sure. Whatever. Yeah. But why? Why? Like. Why is he so focused on killing the elder whose power is prophecy when he's got a kid who can draw powers for him? Yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, that's a very good point. Why doesn't he just have the kid draw him as an elder? He's just way too focused on this elder. He He's he's lost the plot. I mean, I would get it if he had the sweet lightning powers the elders have later. But, he could uh, have the kid draw him with lightning powers. Yeah, this is, and the kid offers. He's like, hey, do you want me to draw you as superheroes again? That's something I'm capable of doing. They're like, no, there's not enough time. There's plenty of, he, he drew, he drew Mark Shepard as a superhero in like five seconds. There's plenty of time. Like, it's a magic thing. Is there a limit into what he, how much power he can draw on someone? I would think that he can't draw someone more powerful than himself, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Mm. Well... I feel like the fact that his power is basically reality-altering is why he's able to ascend to elderness. That is a super broken power. Well, I guess that makes sense he's an elder, yeah. Wyatt! Also Billy, kind of! Yeah, but we know that Wyatt's gonna be show-breaking. This is just some kid! Yeah, some kid who's destined to be an elder. I guess. So... (laughs) So... Leo's just kind of hanging out with the guy, and he's like, the Equinox is coming pretty soon. Is there something you need to do? And the guy's like, yeah, die. And then the aggressor shows up and tears his powers out of him. Just as just as the elder has died and lost his powers, 
the sisters show up with the kid who tells them that the picture of Mark Shepard as the aggressor is inside his boot and Paige orbs his boot into her hand. And I have to say for a second, I, I hadn't, I hadn't realized that she was trying to orb the boot away so that she could get the picture and rip it up. I thought she was just orbing the boot to make him fall over, which is what happens. And I'm like, Paige, that's amazing. You need to do that in every fight now. Just orb their shoes away and make them fall over. Yeah. But and it is a little funny moment where she, you know, sticks her hand in the boot and there's nothing. And the kid's like, no, the other boot. And she's like, you couldn't have been more specific. Uh, but she orbs the other boot away. She tears up the picture. Mark Shepard turns from the aggressor to Mark Shepard. He still has the power of the elders. That elder specifically, but... For the s- elder only had a premonition power. Yep. Yeah, for some reason, he, the elder doesn't have the power that Leo has to not die when Piper blows him up. Cause yeah! Because Pi- Piper blows him up, and the powers just zoop into the kid, and the kid's like, so I'm God now? And they're like, yeah, kind of. You're like, God's God. assistant. You're God-ish. You're God's, you're the middle management part of God. Uh, so, yeah. They're like, how could a 13-year-old be an elder? And Leo's like, it's just a word. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, so... Back at Cole's apartment... We didn't mention that when the sisters went to the alley warehouse, the landlord was outside spying on them and filming them. So he goes to... Cole. Cole, because he figured out when Cole and Phoebe were yelling at each other while Phoebe was hanging him over the building that they were married because they... They fought like a married couple. Oh my god. Anyway, so now he's gonna blackmail Cole because he has this picture of Phoebe being a superhero. A picture of a video. A video of Phoebe being a superhero. Back at the club, Dave has successfully made Paige orgasm now and they're all toasting over that. Uh, Okay. That's fine. Also, somehow between scenes, Piper managed to steal away the DJ, so now this club is good and she has a little conversation with Paige about how p3 is lower priority now because she needs to focus on the baby and Paige needs to focus on herself yeah okay that's okay whatever what i mean piper's point is that nothing is more important than her baby right now so that tracks which yep fair i mean we have a kid nothing is more important than our kid so that's true but I wouldn't tell our friend and and or coworker that they need to realize that nothing should be more important to them than our kid. <laughs> but yes, Paige has learned to relax because it's okay that you can't let everyone know all your secrets all the time and she she figures that if he is the one she's supposed to settle down with when she's ready to settle down she'll tell him she's a witch and he'll be fine with it dave's not going to be in the next episode you don't have to worry about this dave's not showing up ever again it's fine uh so phoebe's got to go because she's being blackmailed okay this rich guy is very 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 stupid she held you over a building and you think it's a good idea to blackmail her also she held you over a building and you're like hey i found proof that you have superpowers she held you over a building so he tells cole he holds up a tape and he's like hey cole 
I'm gonna make your wife give me forty thousand dollars a month if she doesn't want this leaking. And Cole's like, or I could kill you. And he's like, this isn't the original version of the tape. And Cole's like, or I could kill you. And the guy's like, whatever, you can't kill me. And then he walks off. And I kind of love how cheap this is. He walks off and he just, Poochie went back to his home planets down out of the scene. Cole kills him with fire, but... So casually. It's so casual. And it is such a bad effect because he's just walking away. There's clearly an AD, there's a little ADR scream as he gets sucked into hell. Even though he, even though the actor is clearly not expressing any yeah, concern not, about it. He's not throwing his hands up. It's just he's walking and then zoop. Then. And, and Phoebe walks in and she's like, so where's the rich guys blackmailing us? And Cole's like, I don't know. And she's like, oh, you killed him. Which, which he did. Yeah. I was like, I was going to say that's a pretty weird thing to jump to, but yes, Cole did just kill him. Honestly, I'm so relieved that they finally did what we said, or what I've been saying all along, which is, if you want to have Cole be evil, don't be like, these powers are inherently evil. Have him do shit like blow up human guys because they're inconvenient or threatening Phoebe. Yeah. I don't get why they didn't just have Phoebe walk in while he was killing the guy. Okay, between the weird effect and the fact that she didn't walk in when he was killing the guy, I think that's not originally how they were going to end it. Yeah, I, I think there might have been there might have been some special effects failure. There, there, they might have had some trouble with that scene. But whatever, it got us to the end. This is a fine episode of Charmed. I really enjoyed it. I had fun with this episode. Okay, I have a story about this. Ooh, by all means. Because this is when I was watching Charmed as the episodes were coming out. Mm-hmm. And I remember, this was when you actually had to watch TV when it was on TV. Okay. And this might date me, specifically. Uh, my folks were out with some friends. Mm-hmm. And I was with their friends' kids at the time. We were all hanging out at the friend's house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we have to watch Charmed. So I sat there with these people who had no prior, no experience with what Charmed was as we watched this episode. And I have to be like, I have to think, those kids must have been so bored <laughs> watching this show. Eh. A little boredom's good for you every now and then. It just, it really took me back to a period where you had to actually sit down and watch TV or it would be gone forever. Yeah, yeah. Unlike now where you have to watch something before the streaming service decides to delete it forever. Mm-hmm. Similar but different. It's funny, there's only been a small period of time where you were able to archive and own everything easily. And now we're losing that again, which is which is a shame. But it's... Yeah, growing up, it wasn't easy to find things. Yeah, like if you missed something, you could theoretically never see it again. And now, that's the case again. Ugh. All things are cyclical. Yep, especially capitalism. Mm. So, next episode is called The Eyes Have It. Oh, no. I remember what this one is. A fortune teller reveals to Phoebe that a demon is stealing the eyes of Romanes to reverse a curse. I'm guessing they didn't use the word Romani there. And honestly, I... 
I don't even know. Like, okay, so obviously I'm not going to say the word. I'm, I'm saying Romani instead. But considering how stereotypical I assume this portrayal is going to be, like, that itself might be offensive. It's... No, no, I mean to be like... No, it's not as bad as other stuff is. It's... They're basically just vaguely ethnic witches as the way Charmed portrays Romani people, which is not great, but it could be worse, I guess. I mean, it is 2001, which reminds me. Oh, right. Much like the Charmed ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonition, Uh, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous. Uh, Mark Shepard is the obvious one. We've been very upfront. You know him from stuff. He's been in... Most likely you know him from Supernatural. Yeah, where he was, I want to say a demon. Crowley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was Crowley. Also played by David Tennant, so that's a weird connection between those two actors. I'm assuming they're different characters. Well, I mean, they're both demon... Demons named Crowley. Yeah. But he's been in, like, every genre show. He's he's, he's been a bad guy in a lot of stuff. I brought up Battlestar Galactica, but for me, he's always going to be Badger from Firefly. Mm. Also, the kid himself is played by an actor named Andrew James Allen, who has done very, very little. Mm. But one of the things he did was play the second lead in the Shane Dawson-led horror movie, Smiley. What? Yes. Wow. Because I was like, I was like, who does that kid grow up to be? That's like, who that kid grows up to be. Wow. But S- specific, specific pull. Yeah. Here's one that's really fun though. The aggressor is played by Todd Tucker, who plays. This is the first time that he plays a demon or supernatural character in Charmed. But he's gonna go on and play like six different supernatural characters. But that's not what he normally does. He's a makeup artist, and he initially came to Charmed at the beginning of the season and worked on the Mermaid episode. And then, I don't know, I guess they were like, you should be our superhero! But that's his profession. He does does makeup and he does makeup and costume, like uh, prosthetics and stuff. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that, his name, I don't know if I said his name, it's Todd Tucker. You did, but. I thought that was cool. cool. Plus alliterative. Yeah, right? All right, that will bring us to the second power in our pack. Time freeze. What specifically dated this episode? I'm going to say their whole take on superheroes. I mean, it is yeah. basically just set dressing, but it is very of the era. I wish they had gone more into the costumes. They're a little Batman Returnsy. Yeah, they, they reminded me a lot of the rubber bat suit. But, like, they're just very era-specific. This is before movies figured out how they were going to do superhero costumes yeah no that's that's for sure my time phrase is that also i guess the fact that the evil landlord tries to blackmail phoebe with a vhs tape (laughs) yes yeah so much so that when he tells cole there are other copies cole is not worried at all he's like i'll find him and destroy him if it was in the cloud cole would be fucked he'd have to get a demon in the internet yes that will bring us to the final power in our pack. Telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? Listen, I loved this episode. I had a, I had a blast watching it. This is a fun episode. I, I know I, you know, complained a lot because this is a podcast and that is what one does on a podcast. But 
This is a perfectly fun episode of Charmed. But I was not moved. Yeah, it's a good time. You're not going to have any strong emotions. No. No no one's crying over over this episode. Oh no, that elder. What's his bucket died? Exactly. <laughs> poor, poor Mark Shepard. <laughs> All right, so I believe that'll about do it for this week. I think that does do it. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Mary Cruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or any episode of any television show, you can tweet at us at I Love TV Zines or email us at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Howell Manor. <laughs> <laughs>